Chase, CEO Act Protect Engage. This beat is by my boy Custom, all custom baby. Organic dope from Philly, man. Fire. Let's let it ride a little bit. got another episode coming hot off the press okay so first things first okay we're gonna talk about our sponsors we have two of them as usual bravo concealment holsters at bravo concealment on instagram bravoconcealment.com okay they offer the best inside the waistband outside the waistband Tactical holsters. They also have tactical belts, tactical mag pouches, all type of cool stuff. Check out their website. Use code APE10. APE10 at checkout to get 10% off just in time for the holidays. Also, USCCA, United States Concealed Carry Association, the number one concealed carry, self defense. Okay, organization for Second Amendment advocates. The NRA are freaking old goats, man. Join the new kids on the block. Join USCCA today. Quick uh, administrative note. Uh, The Great Ape Store will be launching on Shopify in the new year, January of 2022. I got some great designs I am personally putting together. I would never put out anything that I would not wear myself. All right. So I ain't putting out no whack, crazy, you know, Kanye West style, homeless hobo style. We're not doing that. We're doing only hot ish. Uh, It's going to be, you know, fall, winter. And also, you know, they're always going to be T-shirts, but we're looking fall, winter. All right, guys, check it out. Thank you for joining me. Today's episode will be about EDC. It's, it's going to be off the top of my head. I got a few notes written here, but we're going to talk about what I feel um, is things that you guys should consider for EDC, for everyday carry, right? So everyday carry means that we're walking around every day with a weapon on us, okay? What do we need to bring with us to be secure, right? To be okay with being out and about, okay? God bless y'all. Stay safe. Hey. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Organic Dope, my boy. Appreciate y'all, man. You're so creative. Love the talent. I appreciate these custom beats for 
this podcast specifically. All right, so what are we talking about today? EDC, a realist approach. I'm a realist, okay? <laughs> I like to think so, at least. Meaning, what do I mean by that? Well, I mean that I'm not going to listen. I'm not going to tell you guys like certain quote-unquote influencers out here on Instagram and Facebook, TikTok, whatever, to go out and buy and look for $800 optics, $3,000 freaking knives you don't need, uh, a $2,000 switchblade knife. Connected. Okay, I'm, connected. I'm not going to tell you guys to do that, okay, because I'm realistic. Plus, I'm cheap. Plus, I'm on a budget. Plus, I have kids, a wife, two pets, a house, a, a daughter in college, a very expensive one at that. So, I have to be realistic with what I carry and what I'm looking for in a carry pistol and also be realistic in my setup, okay? Because remember, EDC stands for Everyday Carry. My last podcast episode was about met tc remember we went over that what is met tc you guys remember mission enemy terrain and weather considerations troops available time and civilian considerations so met tc is a military kind of uh, risk assessment mission planning operation planning kind of uh, acronym it's a process in which the military uses to plan every single major operation that they conduct, whether in-country or deployed in a combat zone or deployed abroad, okay? doesn't matter if it's a training mission to do a, uh, a squad attack, and it doesn't matter if it's a major offensive through southern Afghanistan. It's all kind of planned with the same or similar process, all right? We're going to use that to determine our EDC setup, okay? Everyday carry setup. All right, so I wrote some notes here. What is EDC? Uh, EDC? EDC is everyday carry. So what does that mean? That means that depending on your state laws, okay, so remember guys, always check your state and local laws before you walk out your house with a whole bunch of stuff that might be illegal. <laughs> For instance, let me give you an example of something that may be illegal in your state but it's legal in my state, the great Lone Star State, the great state of Texas. Okay, so in Texas, pretty much any knife is legal, any knife. So just recently, butterfly knives are now legal. Before, they might not have been legal, okay? In your state, they probably aren't. Brass knuckles are legal, okay? In your state, most likely, especially if you live in the Northeast, they're probably not, or California. They're not legal, all right? So make sure before you walk out, looking like Blade, the Daywalker, Daywalker, the Daywalker, <laughs> the Daywalker. I remember I posted that video about that uh, the security guard that looked like Daywalker. He had like 36 weapons. Don't be that guy, all right? Only bring what is legal and what is freaking necessary because if not, you're going to look like a clown. Someone's going to take a video of you and post it on freaking Instagram and be like, yo, look at this N-word, man. He got like 20 guns, bro. What are you, Hawkeye? And you're going to look silly, right? So just listen to, just relax. Listen to my voice. Listen to the soothing sounds of my voice and listen to some of the tips I will give you. I am not an expert, by the way. 
I am not going to claim to be an expert like all these uh, keyboard warriors in my comments on IG. I am not an expert. I'm just giving suggestions from a very budget conscious father of four who is all about realism. Okay. All right. So everyday carry, we're talking constitutional carry, right? What's a constitutional carry? It means you can pretty much carry open or concealed as long as you can legally possess a firearm. Okay, you can't carry everywhere. That doesn't mean you have a license to carry in a hospital, right, or a church or a bar. But you can carry most places open or concealed. You got concealed carry, right? So you got certain, most states give out some type of license. Okay, there are very few select states that it's constitutional carry. Pretty much anyone who can legally possess a firearm can carry one. There are not many states like that. Most states give out either some type of concealed carry license, handgun license, whatever, okay? Some states are more strict than others, like California is like impossible. Massachusetts is really difficult. Um, DC, Chicago, really hard to get licenses, okay? Other states, it's not as hard, okay? Like Florida, you know, Illinois, places like that. So they'll give you one, but, well, Chicago's in Illinois, but Chicago specifically has really, really uh, terrible laws. All right, so let's talk about it, man. First things I like to consider when I talk about everyday carry. Now, we're talking pistols right now. Now, there's a lot of kind of subcategories underneath everyday carry because <laughs> there's a lot of account. There's literally entire Facebook accounts just dedicated to showing pictures of people's quote-unquote EDC pocket dumps, right? They claim this is what they carry. They don't carry this. That's nonsense. They have like a pistol, two lighters, uh, two knives, a compass, <laughs> a tourniquet, uh, a fire starter, uh, a whistle, a friggin' quick clot. Like they don't carry that stuff on their person every day. I don't know why people act like whatever. I mean, I guess it's a thing, you know, one of these trends. That are people that people are doing kind of like those silly uh, self-defense videos that are fake. That's a new trend. The uh, EDC quote-unquote pocket dump is a new trend. All right. So right now, though, at this moment, I am speaking about specifically the firearm choices. Okay, the different considerations with choosing a firearm for everyday carry. A firearm meaning a pistol. Now, or you know, semi or revolver doesn't really matter. Um, most states, well, I don't say most because I'm not 100% sure. Many states, you can carry actually a rifle legally open. You can walk around the street with, a, with an AR slung on your chest. I mean, you might get some negative attention, but it's legal. You can walk around with a shotgun uh, slung on your chest, on your back. That's legal. But we're talking, you know, let's, let's just assume that we're rational and not crazy people. And we actually want to not draw attention to ourselves. Okay, so we're talking about pistols, right? Things you can conceal. So let's talk about it. Let's talk about gun positions. Positions where... Positions that you can wear on your person. Now, listen. There are many, many different positions. Um, and right now, I'm going to talk about on the waist. Now, you know there's ankle holsters. There's shoulder holsters. There's all type of crazy stuff. All right, but we're going to talk about the traditional way to carry. All right, so we got a few ways to carry. We got three main ways I consider, three main options, I should say, three main options for carrying inside the waistband, outside the waistband, 
or open carry. Open carry is a comp, you know is is on your hip open, so it's not concealed in your waistband. Outside the waistband is also can be open carry, but you can also conceal outside the waistband. So when I when I refer to open carry, I'm referring to hey, it's out there, right? You have a hip holster, it is is over your garment, meaning everyone can see it, okay? Um, inside the waistband, it's gonna be tucked inside your pants, inside your skirt, um, whatever. Okay, if you're if you're a lady, let's just say you conceal it under your under your skirt or whatever. Okay, outside the waistband, it's gonna be on your belt, outside of your jeans, outside of your pants, outside of your skirt. All right. So, but you could also wear outside the waistband under concealment. So you can wear it outside your belt line, uh, outside your belt line, covered by a uh, jacket or a sweatshirt. All right. So those are the three kind of main ways to carry. Also, I'm going to talk about positions, meaning where on the body. So when I refer to positions, I'm talking about, I'm referring to the hands on a clock. So if you're facing forward, so right now if you're listening to this and you're stationary, on the couch, in your car, whatever, okay, look forward, okay? Forward is the 12 o'clock. Just imagine that your body's split in half. There's a line that goes from the top of your head to your toes, okay? Your body's split in half. Your navel pointing out is 12 o'clock. That is the immediate 12 o'clock. So when you carry, and you're saying, I carry at the 12 o'clock, that is known as the appendix position. That is right if you're male on your, on your privates. Female, same thing, but uh, right in the middle of your body, okay? 12 o'clock. And go from there. So the hand's on the clock. The 12 o'clock... 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock. So the 3 o'clock is going to be your right side. 6 o'clock is going to be right over your butt, right, your tailbone. 9 o'clock is going to be on your left hip. Okay, and then we're back to 12 o'clock, all right? So everywhere in between. Okay, those are the positions where you could place your pistol when we're talking about carrying along the waistline, all right? And when you when you carry, okay, when you carry, you have to think about a few things. Is it is the weapon accessible? Can you get to it? So, you know, remember those old <laughs> those old like police movies or crime movies or gangster movies, whatever, where the bad guy or the cop sticks the gun underneath his jacket or shirt and he sticks it like directly in his six o'clock, like right above his butt, like on his tailbone, and kind of like fixes his shirt so it's covering. That's ridiculous. That's the worst place to put a gun how in the heck are you going to even going to reach it i know me i work out a lot you can tell can't you i work out a lot and my my lats are, are wide so i would have a lot of trouble from standing straight up reaching directly to my six o'clock and reaching a firearm getting a good purchase and drawing it out okay so is it accessible is it realistic is your position realistic for your body type for what you're wearing for what you do every day, are you a truck driver sitting sitting down all day? It doesn't make any sense to put it on your six o'clock if you're a truck driver. It's gonna dig into your back and in your butt the entire day. That's not comfortable, and then you're gonna hate wearing it, right? So think about that. Realistic? Is it realistic? I mean, come on. Are you? Can you realistically, like me? I can't. I know that I can't realistically reach a pistol at my six o'clock. Not not with any type of consistency and reliability, right? So be realistic with your expectations, be realistic with your capabilities and your limitations. Know your capabilities, know your limitations. It's okay to not be able to do something. 
You know what I've noticed with men especially? Women are, man, women are great students. You know why? Because they're, they're okay with understanding and respecting their limitations. They're willing to say, I can't do something. And then you can train people a lot easier when they're willing to say, I don't know how to do this. And they're willing to listen and learn. Do the same thing with your setup. Be an, sit down and take an honest assessment of your EDC setup, of your setup with your pistol. How are you wearing it? Is it comfortable? Do you even want to carry it? Okay? Realism. Practicality. So it kind of goes into realism and also accessibility. These are kind of all tied together. Realis is it realistic? I mean... Do you think it's smart to walk around New... Uh, no, I'm not going to say New York City because I don't even think they have that. Let's say anywhere with open carry. Let's say here. Let's say Texas. Is it really smart to walk around a crowded Walmart with a, open, with a huge 1911 on your, on your right hip for everyone to see? I mean, yes, you could do it, but is it practical? I mean, is it... I mean, yes, I guess. I, I mean, listen, listen. If you want to wear a gigantic Dirty Harry style... <laughs> 44 Magnum in a shoulder holster with a three-piece suit with the butt sticking out walking around Walmart that's fine okay but is it practical maybe if we're in a 70s Hollywood movie set in San Francisco but this is real life this is the 21st century so just think about that before you go out there looking like a fool um all right so remember Okay, and this is the last point on the gun position part. And this kind of goes into the what I was talking about with MET-TC. Remember, apply MET-TC towards your positioning of your pistol. MET-TC, mission. Okay, so you're going on a hunting trip in Colorado. That's your mission. All right? So now your setup might be different. You might not be worried about inside the waistband. Now you can wear open carry on your hip, on your right side. Because you're hunting, right? You're, you don't have to worry about any other factor. You don't you have to worry about uh, a turd trying to rob you and snatch your gun. You have to worry about an old lady screaming and collapsing when she sees it. Or a kid going, Mommy, Mommy, what is that? And then everyone screams and runs. You don't have to worry about that, all right? Because you're on a hunting trip. If you're going to a maybe a crowded birthday party somewhere at a park, let's say a family reunion, do you really want to carry your gun open? Maybe you should carry it concealed inside the waistband, okay? If it's winter time. And you're walking around Walmart or you're going somewhere you and you have a jacket you could probably wear outside the waistband because no one's gonna be looking underneath your coat as long as you keep it you know concealed and not wide open all right makes sense so apply met TC you can apply met TC to freaking everything that's what's so beautiful about met TC mission enemy tr uh, terrain troops time and civilian con uh, considerations that's what's so sweet about it is that you can apply it to almost anything you do, which makes it very effective. The one, the one freaking thing, and I learned in the military that it's applicable in many different situations is Met TC. All right, a lot of the one thing I can say about the Army, at least in in particular, is they they have pretty decent leadership training, at least for enlisted, as far as like as far as learning kind of the processes of, of mission planning. From the ground level, they do a pretty good job at that. If you're if you're a leader, a team leader, squad leader, platoon sergeant, whatever. If you have a good first sergeant and a good CEO, they will teach the junior leaders about this stuff. And uh, I've had some great ones in my time. Shout out to all my great leaders.
Thank you guys. You made me who I am. All right. So that's part A. Part B is choosing the right gun. Now this is the juicy part. This is the, this is the part all you all you uh, nerd you nerdy gun guys want to know, right? How to choose the right gun, or if you're a rookie, you never own a gun before. Every day, so it, it, let me go back. It's important to note that everyday carry considerations are not the same for everyone across the board. Also. EDC options, EDC considerations is different than, say, home defense considerations. Okay? Uh, let's say you travel a lot and, you, and you're on the road. Maybe you need a different consideration for that. Okay? So home defense, everyday carry are two completely different considerations in my eyes. Now, some people might not agree with me. Um, and I'm kind of a hypocrite with that because I, my gun that I carry... <laughs> That I carry sometimes, I carry it a lot of times actually, is actually the same gun I use for my home defense. But that's because I can carry, I, I'm comfortable carrying a heavy gun. Um, but some people aren't. Okay. So, like I just said, there are different considerations for different circumstances. And it varies person to person. For example, I sometimes carry my Glock 17 everyday carry. And it's a big full size gun that holds 17 plus one. But it is also my primary home defense option. The AR is my second option. And that's only because and that's really only when my daughter and my son are here, because you know, AR rounds travel fast and they can penetrate depending on how thick your walls are. Um, but I'm an ace with the Glock, so I like to keep that on my bedside. Um, so that's an example of it how it varies person to person. Not everyone wants to carry a heavy Glock 17. Not everyone wants to have a pistol as their primary home defense option. It just depends, okay? Like I just said, most people aren't comfortable carrying a full-size gun EDC. The exceptions, obviously, are law enforcement, military, and security. They carry that full-size all the time. Okay, now, here comes the great part that I know everyone has been waiting on the edge of their seat for. Apes top characteristics for an EDC weapon. Apes at protect engages top characteristics for an EDC weapon slash pistol. Number one, capacity. Okay, capacity is important. It's actually kind of overlooked a little bit. I feel like, but capacity for me is number one because no offense to anybody out there, but most y'all don't really train that much and can't shoot for crap. So you really want as many. You want as many life-saving options as possible, a.k.a. bullets. You want, you want as many bullets as you can packed into that magazine because more, more than likely, the first few rounds are going to miss. Hopefully, you understand what you're shooting at and, and the backdrop, what's behind them, what's in front of you and what's behind them so you're not just shooting randomly. At least you're aiming and you know there's no civilians that could be hurt, right? But you need rounds. You want rounds. What if there's multiple attackers? I posted a video, and if you look on my, my Instagram profile, you'll see it, of a man who's in his garage. He pulled into his garage, and three or four guys, you know, they come up under your, under his garage. You know how sometimes it takes garage doors, uh, automatic garage doors, a little bit of time to close? They come up under it as he was kind of getting ready to get out of his car. Luckily, this guy is freaking high speed. He's freaking Rambo, man. I was impressed. He instantly 
spotted that the guy approaching his car, his front, his driver door was armed. He comes out blasting, popping. He already had the gun out and the gun loaded. He hit, he hit the first guy at least twice. I would not be surprised if if, if that man uh, didn't make it, the guy he first hit. Um, so, in those situations, you know, he was very smart in being prepared and having a good capacity because he shot like at least six, seven, eight times. If he would have had only a say a a, sh- a little Derringer, a two shotter. Things might have turned out different. If he had a revolver and missed the first three rounds, who knows what would have happened. So he clearly had a semi-automatic, and he was blasting those fools. And they were real close, so that was pretty impressive. So capacity. Um, Now, the capacity is going to change depending on the size of the weapon, and we'll go into that uh, in a minute. But I would say, now, listen, like I said, this is just my opinion. This is just APE's opinion. All right. Um, I believe that six is too few. I would say 10. Look for 10 and above. 10. Okay. That should, that you should be able to handle pretty much anything with 10 rounds. All right. And even, it would be even better if your weapon, your primary magazine, right? The one that's in the uh, locked and loaded in the weapon has 10 or whatever. And then your backup mag has like 12 with an with a, uh, extended magazine. All right, so that would be even better. Um, so that's that. Two. So one is capacity. Uh, capacity. There's eight total. Two size, full size, compact. You got the mini ones. You got the subcompact. You got the full size, the compacts, subcompacts, the derringers, the really really tiny ones. Okay. Contrary to popular belief, a smaller gun is not necessarily better for everyday carry that is a lie whoever if someone told you man that's too big of a gun you can't carry it now unless it's like a desert eagle or something ridiculous like a 357 magnum that's like 100 pounds or a massive 1911 most of the times you can carry it it just depends on how you want to carry it what type of clothes you want to wear what your configuration is okay size does (laughs) ladies size doesn't matter right size matters Okay, when it comes to carrying, because the smaller weapons are really, really, man, I'm gonna tell you right now, and this might not be a popular opinion, but the smaller pistols are hell to shoot, bro. I mean, they're not fun at all to shoot. And when I mean small, I mean like, you know, the Ruger LCPs, these, the snappy ones, right? The Keltex. Uh, what other ones are really small? I mean, the Smith & Wesson Airweights, the revolvers, holy crap. Like, my hand is killing me. And I, I think I'm a pretty tough guy, right? Pretty tough. Big and tough. Well, I mean, I, trust me, if it hurts your hand and it's not pleasant to shoot and it's not necessarily that accurate, you're not going to shoot it. You're not going to enjoy shooting it. Therefore, you're never going to get any practice. Therefore, you're not going to achieve the level of proficiency you should achieve when you with the weapon that you carry every day all right it's not good enough listen especially for ladies listen up guys and ladies it's not good enough to go to a gun store pick the smallest cutest pink gun or whatever gun you fellas want oh that's a cool little 1911 a little compact tiny little 1911 and then throw it in your freaking purse throw it in your safe stuff it in your pants only when you walk out the house, never shoot it, 
Never touch it again. As soon as you get back in the house, you throw it in the safe again. That's unacceptable. Pick a gun that you like. Pick a gun that fits your hand. Pick a gun that's snug, that's comfortable. It doesn't matter the size. You can figure out a way to carry it. All right, now, obviously, you don't need a freaking hand cannon for everyday carry, but maybe for home defense, you can get a hand cannon. All right, just think about that. Size matters. Smallest guns are not always the best options, and gigantic guns aren't always the best, best options. If you live in Southern California or live in Miami, you, don't, you won't be able to conceal a 1911 every single day. You just won't. It's too hot. All right, comfort, okay? So this goes into size as well. How does it feel? <laughs> How does it feel? Does it uh, does it fit in your hand? <laughs> Sorry, guy. I'm such a child. Can you can you shoot it comfortably? <laughs> okay. Can you shoot the damn thing, man? Like for real. Like if you have large hands and you're like, yo, this is this man, this Kimber, this Kimber uh, 1911 nine millimeter, the, the man, the stainless, this don't fire, bruh. It's so cool looking, but it, man, my hand is, half my hand doesn't fit on it. Don't buy it just because it's cool looking. All right, buy it because it's, you're not going to shoot it because it doesn't fit your hand. And it's going to, you're going to look like, a, you're going to look like Andre the Giant holding a beer can. Have you, have you guys ever seen that picture? If you don't, if you haven't seen a picture of Andre the Giant, which is a famous legendary wrestler back in like the 80s and 90s, look up Andre the Giant holding a beer can. You do not want to look like that when you hold your pistol, okay? You want it to be comfortable, fit your hand snugly, okay? Um, you don't want to have too much room, too much space uh, between your hand and the frame. You want to be able to wrap your hands comfortably around it, uh, both hands with, you know, the high grip, karate chop, rotate underneath the trigger, the trigger group, all right? You want it to be comfortable. And a uh, grip angle has a lot to do with that. Certain guns have different grip angles, texture of the grip, okay? Um, length of the slide, there's a whole, does it feel balanced? Do you feel like it's balanced? Uh, one thing I want to say is a lot of the pistols with these red dots, they're really cool, but they're not necessarily balanced. Okay, so they're really top-heavy. They tend to be very, very top-heavy, which can be tiring when you're at the range shooting a whole lot like I do. And you and then at some point, you might be like, you know, I just don't want to shoot this today, man. It's just too heavy. I'll just stick it in, in my pants. No! Okay, buy a gun that's comfortable, that you know will be comfortable for you, okay? And to do that, you have to go to the gun store and try it out and hold it and do your research, okay? Number four, so we got capacity, size, comfort, caliber. Now, people might say, Chase, caliber is only number four? It's way down at number four? Yes. You know why? <sighs> you know, an <clears throat> excuse me, another unpopular opinion. Caliber doesn't matter too much to me. Um, and, you know, I, I totally understand the caliber debate and the caliber nerds out there. Like, well, the, the, the listic gel test, it said that the 380 didn't penetrate. I'm like, oh, look, I get that. All right. <laughs> I freaking get that, man. To me, from a guy who has. Owned all type of different uh, calibers, shot all type of different calibers. Um, been in situations where bullets have been exchanged, um, and also has done research. Uh, researched has has uh, researched. I've learned that twenty twos kill the most people in the United States more than any other calibers combined. 
Although I do not think that's a realistic EDC weapon, but you could carry it and you could be fine. So I don't kind of buy into that all, but I do understand it. To me, it doesn't matter. Uh, think about this. I've noticed that ammo prices have gone up. Okay. My number one point that I want to press, if you get anything out of this podcast episode today, I want you guys to get to understand and get this. Practice equals proficiency. If you do not train and practice shooting live rounds with your everyday carry, home defense, whatever, firearm, nothing else matters. And what goes into practice and proficiency is the cost of ammunition. I cannot stress this enough. Now you're like, oh man, I'm a baller, bro. I don't, you know, I own like eight businesses. Okay, then buy whatever you want. But if you're like most Americans and you're living paycheck to paycheck, you make your middle class, you got a lot of bills. Think about it. What is the cheapest rounds to shoot? 22 and nine millimeter. I'm not suggesting and saying 22 is the best. I'm just saying, think about that. And I'm not saying you should buy 22. I'm saying buy nine millimeter. Okay, that's my opinion. I tell everyone when people send the people send me Chase, you know they go they slide in my DMs. Chase, what caliber do you think I should buy? I always say nine millimeter every single freaking time. People are like, well, what about the forty five? That's God's caliber. I'm like, do you know? Do you understand how much it costs to shoot forty five right now? Do you understand? It's like how much it costs a bullet. It's like almost a dollar a bullet for a fifty pack. It's like a fifty pack of forty five is like thirty something dollars on like forty bucks. Like 50 rounds. You will blow through 50 rounds in 10 minutes. And you will never go back to the range again because you're like, F that. That was expensive. All right, guys. We're stopping at number four for now. Taking a quick musical break. I know you don't want to hear my voice go on and on forever. So we're doing to do a quick break. Eight. We are back. Thank you for putting up with my ranting for 35 minutes. I hope you guys are still hanging on. This is probably one of the most important podcasts I've done so far, in my opinion. This one and also the ones in the beginning about the legality of self-defense and deadly force, man, those are gems. I'm telling you, go back and listen to those if you haven't already. Like They're like the first episodes I've ever done. Okay, look into those. All right, so we just talked about caliber. Um, now, caliber, there's a direct correlation between caliber and size as well, size of the gun. So usually the bigger calibers have bigger, heavier guns. That's just, you know, common sense, standard, you know, knowledge. Everyone knows that, right? I, th- I hope. <clears throat> Excuse me. Also, we got to think about stopping power. People say, you know, oh, you know, 45 has the most stopping power. It does have it definitely has stopping power, okay? Um, but so does nine millimeter. So it's really about the type of rounds you select for your everyday carry rounds. I suggest some type of hollow point. Actually, I don't suggest 
you need to get a hollow point round for everyday carry. Um, now there are a lot of different types of hollow point rounds. You can get, I suggest getting the hottest one, meaning the uh, fastest one, fastest feet per second uh, that you can afford. Okay. Good penetration. The bullet hits the object, the body. It instantly creates a cavity because it breaks apart. It splinters, tearing up blood vessels, uh, tearing up organs, shattering bone on impact. Uh, it creates a cavity that fills with blood. All right, so super traumatic to the, to the nervous system. The whole point of a hollow point round is to strike the body hard, right, and, and to shock the system and then create kind of a secondary damage to the organs, right? Create, create that cavity and then rip stuff apart on the inside. So I suggest getting, if you get whatever caliber you decide to carry, get the hottest round you can find, meaning the fastest, most powerful round you can find. You can Google and look up stuff, do some research, and then get hollow points, all right? Number five, so let's go over it again. Capacity, size, comfort, caliber. Number five is budget. Budget's really important. I know all y'all, you're a cheap, Man, you a cheap N-word, bro. You cheap, man. You a you a simp. You a sucker. You a, <laughs> you a clown. Like, okay, listen. Budget is really important for actual real-life people with kids and a family like me. Okay? So, think about the budget when you buy your pistol. However, <laughs> however, you will get what you, usually, you will get what you pay for. I do not recommend certain brands, all right? I, j I just don't. Um, I don't want to get into the, well, I will. High point, man. Throw it in the, If you have a high point, chuck it in the trash right now. Um, certain brands of, certain models of Taurus, throw those in the trash, sell those immediately. They are known to malfunction. They are effed up. They, Taurus is jacked up in general. I'm sorry. It just is. You might get a good pistol. Maybe you're lucky and you'll get a good pistol, but they're not reliable. They're cheap, and they're prone to malfunctions and actually, like, total failure, like, complete. Like, my revolver, I got a revolver from them a while, man, a long time ago, and it was rated for plus P. It was a 38 caliber revolver rated for plus P ammunition. The first range day, the freaking cylinder spring completely broke. It was a, just a complete total lot like i had to get go to a gunsmith get the part replaced it was ridiculous first day i literally right out the box i was shooting plus p ammunition bam bam you know 10 rounds i didn't i don't think i even shot 20 rounds that's unacceptable okay this is freaking it was back in uh what 20 say 2014 probably something like that all right so budget you get what you pay for save a little uh save money if you want to buy a little bit better gun I mean, it's okay to save a little bit of money and buy like a Glock or a Sig, or some, you know, FN, something, you know, a, a Walther. Walther's really excellent quality. Um, those are a few brands I suggest: Glock, Walther, Sig, Smith and Wesson's good. Do not buy the S, the uh, what's it called? The SV. Do not buy the SV series. They are trash. Do not buy those. Their trigger is a joke. If you're gonna buy Smith and Wesson. I suggest buying a Shield, Smith & Wesson Shield, or Smith & Wesson M&P series. Get those. Any Glock is good, pretty much. Any SIG. Um, I heard there's some. there have been some malfunctions with SIGs that made them kind of dangerous, but I think they fixed those. Um, Walthers are amazing. Rugers are pretty solid, although the LCP I don't suggest. 
All right, so just do your research, okay? Now, we got capacity, size, comfort, caliber, budget. Number six for me is stylish. Is it stylish? Looks. Is it attractive? <laughs> all right, ladies. You, y'all know what it is. I mean, if this is the thing I want to say, all right? If, say, like, for the ladies, say your brother. Say you have a friend and your brother's like, oh, um, how's your friend? Is she cool? And you're like, oh, she's nice. That means she's not that attractive, right? <laughs> Usually. <laughs> I mean, like, I look, my, my, my wife's like, you're a chauvinist. I'm like, I'm not a chauvinist. Listen, I'm just saying looks go into it, right? Looks are important. Like, it's not as important in a gun as a relationship, but it's pretty important with a gun, too. Like, you do, trust me, bro. If you're going to walk around with a gun every freaking day and you got to look at it every day, you do not want some high point freaking brick ugly ass plastic brick in your in your freaking waistband every day that you have to every time you every every time you whip it out <laughs> every time you put it in your waistband you're embarrassed to even know that you own this thing no do some research there's a lot of cool designs out there canic has some really cool looking pistols and they're not expensive walther's walther's pistols are like science fiction they're so cool looking they're funky looking Glock, you know, Glocks are like Toyotas, but hey, they work. Sigs have some pretty cool looking guns. Uh, 1911s can be really, really nice. The Kimbers, the stainless steel Kimbers are dope. <sighs> Revolvers are always classic. They always got the classic look. So, man, just, just it's really important. Don't sleep on the looks. Oh, I don't care, man. I don't care about the looks, simp. You a simp. I don't care about the looks because I'm, I'm worried about saving money, man. I'm going to get this high point, man. Okay. Give it two months. You're going to hate that freaking thing. I'm telling you, you're going to hate it. You're going to hate looking at it. You're going to hate shoot. You're going to hate shooting it even more than you're going to hate looking at it because it's a piece of ish. All right. So let's go over capacity, size, comfort, caliber, budget, style, and looks. Customization is number seven. Is it is it customizable? Can you put different uh, aftermarket stuff on it? One of my friends, he's a gear geek. I'm not. I don't really give a crap. If I can shoot the middle out of a target out the box, I don't need to put anything else on it. Some people like to put custom um, sights on it, you know, night sights. That's pretty cool. They like to put custom triggers on it, custom barrels on them, custom uh, uh, stippling, grip, grip tape, <laughs> freaking gold plated. I mean, all time. How customizable can it be customized? Can you can you add stuff to it? Or is there a lot of aftermarket? accessories like Glock the one thing I love about Glock Glock has so many aftermarket accessories extended magazines drums sights uh, rail systems um, grip patterns just all type of stuff okay so think about that can you add any fancy ish to it because that's important too if you're into that stuff I'm not but trust me you do not want a gun buy a gun okay you go buy a gun, you're like, all right, this is cool. It's about 350, about 350. I can afford that, my N-word. And then you're like, okay, and then you get home, you're like, man, I can't put nothing on it. I can't, you know, I can't uh, customize it. I can't, I don't want this piece of crap anymore. So then you're wishing you had something else. And then you go spend another $600 on a SIG that you can do stuff to. So, <clears throat> excuse me, think about that. The last and not least, is it a single or double action? Now, you're probably surprised why it's number eight. I kind of am too. This is kind of how I wrote it. Is it single or double action? 
know that. If you don't know what single or double action is, look it up because my voice is fading. All right? Because that's going to determine how you carry. Do you carry with single action? You're going to have to carry one in the chamber with the safety on, okay? You're going to have to be hot, carrying it hot, ready, rock and roll. All right? Double action is a little safer because the trigger pull is usually very, very long, so it's significant. So the cat isn't going to, like, touch the gun. It's going to go off. Uh, you know, a, a, a piece of your clothing gets caught into the trigger. It's not going to just pull it. But one of the good things about single action trick, single action guns, they have a manual safety. So, if as long as that safety's on, that gun is not going off. Remember, though, anything can fail. So that's the downside of a single action. You might think you're, oh, this safety's good, and one day it just fails, and and it, you know, you hit a bump and it goes off. So, be conscious of that. All right. So let's go over them again. Capacity, size, comfort, caliber, budget, style slash looks customization and single or double action trigger those are apes eight characteristics for an edc pistol all right so we're at 45 minutes the next the next pocket i'm gonna leave this for the next one i'm gonna leave you guys on the edge of your seats um so i know i know i get it listen listen, listen. i know i know Come on, guys. I know you want to listen forever, but you just can't, man. I'm sorry. I got I to gotta leave a little bit for the next time. Next time on the Ape Academy podcast, we will talk about training with your pistol, certain drills you can do, training philosophies, apes training philosophy behind um, EDC training, pistol training. God bless y'all. I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. Please, uh, if you have time, rate, review, and subscribe. Remember, we're on Podbean, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. I think we're on Google Chrome. We are now international. We have listeners in Turkey, Australia, France, the Netherlands, and Colombia, and also the United States. So, of course. So, thank you so much for all your guys' support. You guys are freaking amazing. I love you guys so much. Thank you for making... Uh, the job of talking to you guys for freaking 45 minutes straight so enjoyable ape out I'm gonna hit you with that beat again Ooh-wee. remember uh, train hard okay put God and your family first get after it don't let anyone tell you that you can't do something stay positive Get after it. Do not let any freaking one tell you you can't do something. Let's go, baby. Mr. Organic Dope with the beat. Thank you for joining me once again. For another episode of the APE Podcast, my name is Chase H. I'm the CEO of Active Engage and the host. God bless y'all. Ape out. <laughs> <laughs>